0: Hey everyone it's Tom kradza and you know what's getting really cool it's getting cool to listen to all the stories of different people who bring on this podcast and how they're living life on their terms and you know some people are creating other streams of income some people are creating plan B for their lives in case their career doesn't go the way they want and they're starting businesses on the side that become full-time businesses or are creating um, little real estate empires that are kind of quickly becoming large and big real estate empires so these stories to us are what this is all about we're thrilled to do this Kind of thing. And today we're doing more of that with Montu Dillon. The first part of this chat is about his story. You're going to hear about him, um, you know, going on the GO train, hating his corporate Canada life, quitting his job, uh, before quitting his job, getting a motorci- motor- motorcycle. I'll let him explain why. And um, you know, then he gets his real estate license, starts helping in other investors. So he joined Rockstar, got his real estate license, joined Rockstar, started helping other investors, and his specialty has become working on Toronto condos. Um, he was buying properties um, around Toronto, but then began focusing and being attracted more and more to the Toronto core, started buying condos. He's been tracking pr- uh, price per square foot over the last few years, rent prices over the last few years. Has made some interesting observations. Um, really good guy, so this is us sharing his- his story, but then we also kind of banter on about what's going on in rent in the Toronto condo market, but not only in the Toronto condo market, just some of the stuff we're seeing all around the GTA. So from, you know, East Side and Durham, all the way to Niagara, London, kind of like just what we're seeing on, on a whole because things are moving really quickly right now around rent prices. So we share some of those updates. Nick and I um, go on some tangents about uh, various other things. So we, we had a lot of fun. It was a great chat um, speaking with Montu. As I mentioned, he is part of the Rockstar team here. He does hand out his URL um, at the end as well. So if you want some more information from Montu, you can find it out that way. And while we're chatting about all this stuff, I wanna mention that if you're curious about how incomes have been going up as compared to property prices, we put a report uh, uh, together on this because a lot of people will talk to us about real estate and say, ah, you know, well, really real estate, why do I want to bother? Why should I get into that? There's ups and downs. And of course there are ups and downs. Real estate does not go up forever. Unlike what some Canadians currently believe, especially if you've only been investing in the real estate market for the last like seven, eight, nine, or 10 years, there are, are down years, which everybody needs to prepare for. That's why you want to buy good properties in. Good areas that pay for themselves. Um, but uh, um, we put that data together, mapping out incomes against property prices, and we put it in a report. And it sh- it's pretty shocking to me anyway. And then we extrapolated it forward another like 25 years. Um, So you can see that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash no more middle. So if you want a copy of that report, it's at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash no more middle. And you can see the property prices mapped against incomes. We're working on a couple other reports as well um, that we'll share uh, soon. One of them about uh, real estate and university, which we're having some fun with. But stay tuned for that. Um, And I think that's it. With that,
1: let's get on with the show.
0: With the one and only Montu Dillon and Nick Caradza. This is Tom Caradza. Now I'm practicing my radio voice. I'm in radio voice mode with Tom Caradza. We were joking about uh, the radio voices with Montu saying, no, you don't have to do anything with your voice other than just be you. And do we know that you're the one and only Montu Dillon? Do you think there's any other Montu Dillons in the world?
2: Oh, You know what? I did Google myself. Uh, check it out on Facebook. There are a couple out there. Are, where
0: there's, is that name from? Where were you born?
2: Uh, I was born in Montreal. Okay, I was
0: yeah. expecting to hear something totally. Okay, you were born in Montreal. Your family is from India. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, where's Punjab? Are we like
2: north, south, east, west? That's in the uh, the northern part of India. Okay, it so used c- to be it's a cold. part of Pakistan. Yeah.
0: Okay, so like you had winter jackets.
2: Uh, you know what? <laughs> I never did.
0: No, but your parents. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I did. Okay. Got it. So born in Montreal. Um, and before we get into all the rental, because we're going to get into some crazy rental numbers in Toronto and around the GTA and stuff. But Nick, I was asking him about how he got his real estate license. So can you bring us up? How did, why did you, because you were in corporate Canada. Yeah. You uh, just say, screw it. I'm going to go into real estate.
2: Well, that was the thing. I was on the uh, go train every day and uh, consuming about three hours of my daily commute on the train and thinking that, uh, man, I'm spending 12 hours a day committed to work, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., working for a corporation that doesn't give a shit about me. And I get to see my kids about four hours a day, uh, every day for five days a week. And I just felt like my life was just draining away and I was doing the wrong thing. And I just kept saying every time I was on that train going home at 5.15 p.m., I'd say, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way than this. Uh, exhausted and, yeah. tired hungry yeah. when you get home grumpy and the few hours oh, trans oh.
1: it's packed it's, and it's winter and everyone's got you got your, your winter jackets on and there's steams all steaming up the window oh, yeah. I've been through that man you are just like yeah. this isn't fun
0: when I got my first job in uh, Toronto when I graduated University I thought I made it like I, I thought like I guess I've made it and it was at the Royal Bank I was in their IT department on Front Street and I started going down on the go train from Dixie go in Mississauga to uh, to um um the to union and i remember getting on the train and it was so packed i had never been on the train during rush hour right. Like, i'd always gone off hours so it was packed and people were reading each other's newspapers that was before the cell phones and the whole bit you know where we yeah. all had the nice big screens people were reading newspapers and other people were reading articles over other people's shoulder right yeah. so some yeah. guy had the newspaper open and they were standing up and another guy's reading the article over the shoulder and i thought how rude is that you know and yeah. then i saw a sports article that i wanted to read and i was trying to get on my tiptoes like hey what's going on with the leafs right now <laughs> yeah. but uh, it was a, a rude awakening that whole go train experience
2: yeah and the worst thing is when one person sneezes right everyone just looks around it and everyone knows that they're all sick. Yeah. Just from that oh, man. One I sneeze. Mean, oh no, I'm done. <laughs>
1: oh no, I never thought uh, of that. Me neither. Yeah. I think that on a plane, on a plane, I hear someone hacking away, way back there. And I'm like, oh, please, I hope that yeah, air is not they're recycling the recycling area.
0: But I listened to Elon Musk's interview with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast, just like last week. Right. And Elon said there's holes in planes that take in fresh air. Is that I, I heard him say, yeah. I heard him say that. I don't know if we doubt Elon Musk or not, but he said they're taking in fresh air
1: during flight. And I'm like, there's got to be some air coming in. It can't just be the same. No, no. I mean, like I if you know. fly to Europe, that, is there enough oxygen in the plane to support everyone for that I figured long? Figured there was. Like, yeah, I how, they they, had... how
0: did they open little holes the side of the plane? Well,
1: now we now we know our next interview. Yeah, we got to reach yeah. out to some. <laughs> we need an
0: aerospace engineer. <laughs> yeah. um, so yes, yeah, so you're on the go. Sorry, we got yeah. it. Way, way off on a tangent. You're on the go train. Yeah. Uh, life's. We've all had those thoughts. But
2: yeah, life's life's getting harder. Life's getting worse. The only thing that's growing is my uh, the debt on my credit line. Uh, my salary was just barely budging. I'd hit a, a corporate glass ceiling because I thought that I, you know, climbed the ladder, become a director of the corporation, uh, make one of them big fat bonuses. But what industry were you in? Uh, securities. Okay, got uh, it. Stocks, bonds. Uh, I managed the compliance department uh, for uh, for a few Wall Street companies. Uh, sorry, Bay Street companies. And I realized that at some point that they did not want to promote me. Like I had risen pretty quickly uh, in three or four years, and I just could not get beyond a certain level. So, uh, you know, after just fighting with my boss for two years and saying, you know what, Uh, this is, I'm not getting anywhere. Uh, I want you to promote me. Uh, Promote me now or I'm going to find something else. He said, sorry. I like that. You went the fighting route to get the promotion. Yeah, You
0: better freaking promote me or I'm out of here.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And how did it go? Uh, He said he'll, he'll do what he can. And, you know, of course. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, they don't do anything. Uh, so I was a bit depressed and uh, I thought that my life was just uh, just spiraling downward. So I did what most guys do in their mid 30s. I got a motorcycle and, you know, I started racing that thing around just to give myself a bit of amusement and bring well, myself to
0: live. You needed to live. You needed to feel alive, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that was
2: to tell me, I don't
0: know your exact reasons, but I bet you just, it brought out life. Yeah, it you know, did. it was exciting.
2: Absolutely. Uh, that's what it was about. It was about you know getting that feeling you get when you're a kid on uh on your bike, but you know you just want to go a lot faster. Uh, I made the mistake of getting a crotch rocket. these things that can you know go from one twenty to two hundred with like a flick of the wrist uh and Nick I, had is
0: that the kind you
1: had yeah I, I had one I got my saw i I had a couple of close calls on it, so I I got rid of it. <laughs> I I was on the highway, so I didn't know I was driving someone else's, which was bigger. I had a 600 cc one, so pretty powerful. I was driving someone that had a 1000 cc, and to uh, to your point, on the highway, um, I forget how fast I was going. Not nothing like nothing, like I wasn't speeding too much. Probably around 120 or something. And I just I hit the gas to go faster, and this thing was so much more powerful than my my bike. I didn't realize at that speed the front wheel started coming off. Off the the ground, so I started doing a so you wheelie. Were doing an accidental wheelie. Yeah, at that speed. Like I've done wheelies before, but slower. So you know, there's all sorts of stunt guys that do crazy stuff. I was not one of those guys, and it scared the crap out of me when that happened, man. Those things. So it, how it started, fast were you going when it the wheels started? Probably between one, like between 120, 150, no, somewhere. Oh I don't know. yeah, it scared That's the scary. crap out of me. I, I wasn't expecting it to happen. Yeah. So yeah, so that there was a few few close calls. I was younger. I was younger when I had mine. I think I was early twenties. Well, a lot what of, do you call it
0: when you're going around a corner and you lose control? You drop it or whatever? Did you drop when it? When you drop your bike? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I never, I never drop my bike, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. We don't have to talk about this stuff, but <laughs> I was coming. So I, w- I, was out with friends one evening as well, and I was, um, we were coming off the four ten, and we were going south. We were just basically booting around everywhere, and um, so. So we had, it was a red light, but you know, you just kind of don't really have to slow down because there's no cars going on to think It was either steels or Dairy. I was turning onto theirs, turning right. And we were going tight around the corner. And then all of a sudden, I saw a pothole and I didn't want want to hit the pothole like a big pothole with the bike i didn't want to hit it leaning on the bike that way because you can go flying pretty quick so i had to avoid it i had to swerve into the next lane and there was a car there that was very close and yeah there's a couple things that happened to me um and then and then i was like you know what this this is a lot of fun but just bad things can happen yeah you You know it was testosterone the the 20 year old testosterone with uh, that much speed. it's an engine like, you have to wear a seatbelt in a car. Yeah, Here you said you it good. It's a cross-rocket. Yeah, you yeah. sit yeah. on top of an engine, Yeah,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. It's crazy. So you got yours, you're riding around, and then what?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I rode around for a few years. I got to do, uh, I was getting more uh, skilled and more aggressive uh, every t- uh, every year. And, and I couldn't wait to just ride that thing. I'd ride it to work. And I remember driving from, riding from Ajax to downtown Toronto uh, in record DV- time. In, in re- yeah, like it was it was something nuts, <laughs> and every day I had a close call. It didn't even sink in that every day you're almost dying. I almost died, yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, I, I lasted for four years, and uh, then something happened. Uh, I, the I was just booting around in my own neighborhood, uh, and my bike <laughs> so close to home, the rear tire fishtailed out and i got dropped on my left side no cars were involved luckily which is probably why i'm sitting here uh rear tire fish tailed out dropped me hard uh shattered 24 bones uh, underneath my left scapula oh i didn't know Jeez. Oh, i was in the hospital for five days i could barely breathe because uh one of my ribs was pressing into my lungs oh and so yeah and then i realized okay this is uh this happened for a reason uh gotta stop doing this and i just gotta you know get to where I want to be in my life, not yeah, get, find to, get
0: to a place where you don't need to ride a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. to right. feel like you're alive, but right. the, bi- the yeah. bike won't make the job yeah, better. That's Jeez, it. You got through that. And, uh, had our paths already crossed? Had no, you our- no, that's, no? that's okay. when it happened. So you, I remember
2: it was like in uh, November of uh, 2014, 2014, 2015, 2014. Yeah. I was, I was home for, uh, three months and I was just like trying to f- figure my way out of this, uh, corporate rat trap that I was in and I did not want to go back to work because I knew what was waiting for me. So I decided to, you know what, the only thing that really gives you financial freedom is real estate. I've known that for years because I had like a a condo that I'd been renting out uh, to a fantastic tenant. It was a corporate tenant and I said, you know what, we just have to grow this business so that we don't need the, the slavery business of working for somebody else. Oh, you're
0: really seriously against working for someone else? I like it. The slavery (laughs) business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. But you know what? I just want to circle back on one thing before we go further. In defense of your boss who couldn't do anything to get you the raise, Mm he's in the same structure as you he hates what he's doing he's trying to get his promotion yeah. and you know I don't know that unique situation but he's trying to look good to his peers right. and trying to show that his all his uh, things are in order in his department or in his part of the organization and then right. he's trying to look good to get his promotion so it's tough for him to get you a promotion when he's trying to get his own promotion and right. the, the whole thing is set up to really kind of piss us all off at the same time yeah. you know in in just a small defense of him and I know at the time because I've had this same managers mm-hmm. before where you're like you're the enemy right. <laughs> you know but it's more the system the way it is it's like yeah. if you have any creative kind of juices you're gonna feel ultimately trapped a little bit in there but uh okay so yeah you get through that you don't want to go back and then you stumble across you realize real estate and that's when you started buying properties again or no something? no that's uh, <laughs> that's when i saw you right on youtube
2: and yeah. i was like that was probably oh, nick gonna- <laughs>
1: And you were or like, they, what's wrong with these yeah, guys? who are these yeah.
2: people? I was like, these guys are crazy. These guys, <laughs> this is, this is f- effing stupid. Okay. <laughs> I got to download this book. So I download Income for Life, and I'm yelling at my wife that these guys are complete morons. And uh, <laughs> How many people have done that? I <laughs> lots. I, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, just so the, the mon- ones that have admitted it, there's a lot. Yeah, so yeah. The, all the ones that have the it, or we have it. The best part is met. there's
0: yeah. some, some of them. We all work together now, like oh, Montu. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, download the book. We're idiots. I
2: get through the book, right? <laughs> And I'm like, and and it's slowly dawning on me that oh my god, these guys have figured something out. So I go, Karen, what do you think of this idea? And I'm I'm reading it to her a few passages. If you do this and this, you know, just rent out a house to someone and then offer to sell it to them afterwards, and and you know they win, you win, uh, everyone wins. What do you think? She's like, yeah, that's. Are you sure it's not a gimmick? Is this some kind of scam? Scam. <laughs> it sounds like a scam. So uh, you know we. Doug Real hardy. estate and scam—I've never heard those two <laughs> things connected, right? Um, and then I came to the fast art class in uh, mid-November uh, with a couple of shattered bones. I, I hadn't fully healed. I remember sitting in front of you, I Tom. Think I vaguely okay, yeah, okay. And, and I said, "Look, I want to do this. Uh, I, I, I want to get rolling with this, but like, I have some limitations. Like, I just crashed my motorcycle." And you said, "Well, you should you should sit back and relax a bit. You know, like heal first, and then we'll get going." And that, that wasn't good enough for me. <laughs> Screw it. Big surprise. Exactly. Now knowing your yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I went out, and uh, I, was, I was looking for houses uh, up in the Ajax area, Ajax, Oshawa area. And I found something, uh, renovated it uh, into a, a two-unit bungalow instead of a single-family house, two-unit bungalow. And right off the bat, I was cash-flowing $1,300 a month when it was done, all said and done. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's 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 amazing. Um, let's do it again. So refinanced it, and just like six months later, and started working on the next property. And then th- that just snowballed one after the other. Money shows up in a line of credit, and just built the uh, the, the, the Montu N-
0: Dillon yeah. Empire. Yeah. And 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 so. uh, when did you get your real estate license? Then shortly after that.
2: Uh, yeah, shortly after. Um, just a few years and, and the and reason then did you quit
0: your, yeah, go ahead. The reason.
2: Yeah. I, I hadn't quit my corporate job just yet.
0: So you were doing these houses on the side. Yeah, okay. exactly.
2: I was, you know, working two careers. Uh, once, once the houses were set up, then I went to my boss and said, look, you, you got to promote me or I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, I said, okay, well, here's my notice. Uh, and you know, he was surprisingly very shocked, uh, after everything um but i was happy like i was like good now now i can get what i want and that's pretty scary
0: decision how old were you when you did that
2: i don't remember you how old Um, are you now uh 43 now so you
0: did that when you're late 30s yeah late 30s and uh with kids with With kids kids. yeah two young kids two young kids wife house yeah Um, Still in the middle of just kind of building a real estate empire. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you're definitely crazy. (laughs) Uh, But okay, you did it. And then, uh, cool. And then over that time, now you've carved out a bit of a niche for yourself because you do a lot of condo work and work with investors on condos in Toronto.
2: That's right. And,
0: you know, with Rockstar, we always talk about... um, getting investments and how we basically always talk about one property if canadians
2: just got one income property it could change their financial lives um exactly that's what happened to me that one property changed everything that's what allowed me to to um use the equity in it to catapult to the six that i have now
0: and it, it, it's funny because if you don't get started with that one you know you just never get Anywhere, it's like that one can catapult you. Even if you just get one and stop at one, you're so far further ahead. You know, some uh, something interesting we've been talking in here at Rockstar a lot is that if prices only go up, if prices are mandated, it's what we talked about at the team meeting today, Monty. If mm-hmm. prices go up three percent a year, prices double on all of us for everything. It, they double on all of us every twenty-four years. Every 24 years, prices double. So if you and I want to live a certain type, or Nick wants, you know, if we all sit here and say, hey, when I'm like 70 years old, I'd like to have X number of dollars in the bank. I'd like to have a million dollars just sitting somewhere, 10 million, whatever your number is, because you associate that with a certain type of uh, of lifestyle that you're going to live now, you actually need to have double that amount of money because every 24 years, when prices go up 3%, everything doubles every 24 years. Right. So whatever you think today, if you're 24 years away from using it, you actually have to double your goal.
2: That is crazy. If
0: prices go up 6% in any year, especially on real estate, which kind of has been, I mean, it's slowed down now, but it has been kind of for a torrid pace. Prices double every 12 years at 6% compounded. Isn't that insane? Even at 2%, when the Bank of Canada says that they just want to, they're mandated to have prices increase in Canada at 2% a year, prices increase every 35 years. Meaning that if you and I live to we're 70 years old, prices double on all of us twice in our lifetime. Like it's just insane, it's insane. Right. Um, so anyway, I get all up in arms about this kind of stuff because <laughs> I just feel like it's robbery. But uh, you, you, you started helping people buy investment properties as con- primarily condos in Toronto.
2: Yeah. Well, right. We originally started with uh, with houses, um, you know, like in the suburbs, in Hamilton, Cambridge, uh, outskirt areas, and then I uh, I started to notice something happening uh, that. The values in toronto were just skyrocketing they were jumping and i had to dig down deep let's go like, why is this happening because because i want to get in on that like where where's the best place where i'm going to make the most return for my dollar uh, and you know don't get me wrong hamilton and cambridge uh wealth they were doing amazing they were just like i was blown away by the growth in those cities you know like 10 20 per year but When I dug down, when I looked at Toronto and I said, okay, what does Toronto have that nowhere else has? And it seemed to me that it was just the incomes, the people who worked in Toronto, the people who uh, occupied that space were with high tech companies, Google, Microsoft, uh, Kijiji, eBay, PayPal, they all exist in Toronto and they love our talent pool. They love the people who, uh, who work the tech field and they're paying them like huge, huge salaries, like just ridiculous amounts of money that was just unheard of for uh, for a 25-year-old. Like when I was 25, I was making $23,000 a year.
0: Nick always jokes about this because they, they, the, the tech industry does pay ridiculous amounts of money. And I didn't know that because when I graduated, I was at Royal Bank. And within four months, I transferred to Oracle uh, and I started making really in the six figures like in my mid-20s and then in the, you, i went on to make even more money in my later 20s and when i talked to nick i'm like you know nick uh i would i would hear what like quote unquote regular salaries are for like a 28 year old or 29 year old i'm like i don't understand like how can people work for that much money he's like would you get it out of your brain like the software industry is insane you know, so I had no correlation with like, I didn't realize how high some of those incomes were, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you're right. Those companies. Yeah. Pay- well,
1: I was working at the government and you said you know, at that time, I forget where you were, but you know, some of the, the sales guys were making like 250 grand a year. Oh yeah. And yeah, this yeah. is, you know, 15 some, years ago 50, or something. Some right? of the top guys are making 400, yeah, 500,000. Yeah, so, but, but right? I was hearing these numbers and you know, in and, and in the government environment, it's like, look, you basically... The, the wages can only go up so much because there's a quota, right? So if you're on a team of 10, only one person can get the max w- wage increase. Everyone else has to get a regular one or a low one, depending on performance. And then you get a little bit of a cost of living increase. And that's good. Like compared to a lot of places, that's actually very good. So, you know, I came out of school. I started at a salary. I was, I was doing well. I started salaried low $40,000. I was like, yeah, this is great. But then I was in quickly, I was like, well, these guys are making two fifty. Right. I... How many years? Like I, I don't think I'll ever get there at, at a two no. percentage point. You know, yeah. raise every year, right? It's so.
0: insane. Just getting yourself in the right trend, uh, you know, right trend or right area of the market where it's just kind of like quote unquote overpaying. Yeah. But you, you know? know what?
1: But it's also understanding what's out there, right? Because if I didn't get like like who knows? Because if 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 I didn't get exposed to to that sector through you. I may have never understood that's so what those people were getting paid. So if you're only kind of like laser focused on what you're doing like yeah sure that's great but you have to understand what's going on out there because you don't realize these other opportunities that people are taking advantage of you just don't know they exist, right?
0: I remember when I when I graduated, I finished my university degree, I took a 9-month program on learning, you know, IT skills which was like Visual Basic, Oracle, HTML back then, all this kind of stuff. I think uh, yeah, was it C or C++? C++, um, right. And I got my job at Royal Bank of Canada and they were paying me $35,000 a year and I'm like, oh my God, I made it. And then all my <laughs> other friends were getting jobs at like the the, the tech companies. Mm-hmm. Back then it was like Bond and these other companies, these enterprise software companies and they were getting like into their 40s and I remember thinking, oh my God, what's, what's going on here? And then when Oracle called and offered me something in the $40,000 range, I immediately switched over and then when I was in tech support, I quickly realized that the sales guys that knew the same stuff I did, they were called sales consultants, mm-hmm. were going to make instead of in the 40s, you could make like 70 plus bonuses wow. to get like and I, and I was like 20, I guess I would have been like 27 or something like that. So I started doing that. Whoa. And then when I was when I was there, I was all happy making, I think it was like 72,000 plus, plus bonuses, which got me cl- closer to like 90 something or whatever. Yeah, at like it's 20. way
2: too much money for a 27-year-old. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then and then I realized the software, I remember asking one of the software guys I was working with, I'm like so how much are you making? And he kinda of whispers under his breath, Well, he's like last year is, you know, I wasn't that great, but I I was gonna I'm gonna do about hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty five. And I'm like, what? hundred and twenty and I and I I felt like I knew all the same things that they did, and I could speak to people on the telephone and stuff. So I switched into sales mm-hmm. and then I went I crushed over hundred thousand. And so by my late twenties, I think at that point I went well over hundred thousand. And then yeah, so your mind is just like, it's not, you know, you don't have any yeah. realm of the reality because well, you're like this relative? is normal and everyone around me is making right. the same money so it's like yeah this is amazing <laughs> you know we bought our first house i was able to uh, actually i didn't buy I, I my car was a four-door honda civic stick I was smart on the car stuff at least. With a ghetto blaster. With a ghetto blaster. Listen, my motivational tapes, my personal development stuff. But anyway, this was all to explain, Montu, that yes, the tech companies pay a lot, and they're downtown Toronto. You yeah. noticed this trend, so you started uh, paying attention to Toronto.
2: Yeah, and that's why I started buying there myself. First, I got in, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take a chance, and uh, I'll buy a condo in this location uh, and see how it does. And I, I bought on... Uh, 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 on an assignment which was going to close uh, in six months from the time that I bought it, and the, the value just jumped. Like, I couldn't believe what had happened. It had jumped uh, almost $100,000 within the six months that I would purchased it. It could have been that I just got a really good deal, um, but just from the activity, like there was an immediate liftoff right around that time. And, and the reason I selected that area is because I thought condos only appreciated about, 2 to 4% per year. And then I noticed this one year, they were up 7%. And I was like, okay, that's unusual. Maybe the thing that I think is supposed to happen uh, is going to happen. And the thing that I thought was supposed to happen is that um, why are condos so cheap when the jobs and the careers around that downtown core condo area pay so much? Why? I mean, people are just, why aren't they just buying up more of these? Uh, they can afford it. You know, there's a there's a law of supply and demand uh, that should affect the value of these condos. Um, and and that's when I decided to, to buy in. Uh, and right after that, the year after that, 7 percent jump was a monstrous, like 20, 25 percent jump right afterwards. And then since then, it hasn't pulled back. So that's
0: about what, four five years ago, six years ago, something like that.
2: Uh, three years ago. Yeah. Oh, that was only three years yeah, ago. it's only three years Holy ago. Holy smokes. Okay. This, this all started in like 2015, 2016. Okay. Um, and so now condos just, they haven't pulled back the way houses have. And the biggest reason is probably affordability. People can afford to buy like, you know. Well, it's become kind of
0: like the house. Toronto starter home. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're buying these, renting them out. Okay. So yeah, we so prices continue to move. And then what about, what have you noticed on rents? Because this is something we talk about a lot on the outskirts, all
2: around the GTA. Right. So
0: for you, yeah, for you focusing on Toronto, what are you seeing?
2: So this this was the big surprise, and eaten. I don't think anybody expected this. Uh, so let's just say, let's just rewind a few years, uh, and tell you where where my headspace was back in like 2016, uh, where rents were for a one bedroom were around 1,600 in yeah, the downtown core. sounds Corn, about right. Yeah, right? yeah. And two bedroom was like you know 22 2400. Yeah. Uh, Next year, there was a pretty big jump. In 2017, we're looking around like a $200 jump for one bedrooms, which is just huge. It's supposed to go up like 2%, but it went up. Sure, it's over 10%. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so it was 1800 bucks a month for a one bedroom. And here we are now in, in the beginning of 2018, or actually we'll just talk about now in like the second half of 2018, where a one bedroom, the average uh, rent is $2,248 for a one bedroom space that's around 500 square feet. Um, and a two bedroom, uh, right now in the Toronto core is $3,239 average. That's where a two bedroom. That's where a two bedroom. So 3,200 is average is the average. Uh, and I've rented some out between 36 and 3,800 for a two bedroom around 900 square feet. Yeah. People are willing to pay these, these amounts. Um, and here's what we're finding in the, uh, in the client base, uh, the tenant base They're they're not just like average people. They're making like 180, 200 thousand dollars a year, and they they just don't want to buy. They're just comfortable renting. It's almost as if no one's taught them about you know home ownership. They're young. You know, a lot of them are millennials making 180, 200 thousand dollars at uh, working at tech companies. We're also getting some people offshore, like U.S. Uh, residents who need to come work in Canada and reside here for a year or two, and the only way they can. Uh, secure an apartment is by, well, by paying a premium on the rent because the landlord isn't sure that they'll be able to pay the rent. So what they do is they offer a premium, uh, like a hundred bucks more than the market. And on top of that, they they offer a six months deposit, rent deposit in advance to secure the place, which is driving up the, you know, the rent expectations for everyone else. Because when the data gets posted that this place is rented for $3,300. Like, oh, okay. Well, they, they got thirty-three hundred for that uh, for that apartment. Let's try and get the same thing done.
0: That just seems insane to me. Thirty three hundred, like Nick, can you ever imagine? We were talking about condos just like five years ago. To think thirty three hundred is the average on a two bedroom. Right. No one seemed, expected this. Seems insane. Like I mean, now you can build all the arguments to like, hey, yeah, of course it's thirty three hundred. You know, population growth and like all these reasons. But I don't think we even we would have been talking about that stuff. And we were rather aggressive on our rent ideas.
1: I think even the people that were talking about that stuff weren't talking about the, that, the, level, the, yeah, the, the level that the level that happened. And you and, think- and I mean, look everything. Everything kind of comes in waves too, so it has had strong appreciation. Maybe it does have a little bit of pullback. You know what I mean? No one, like the rent demand is so strong that the rental prices for those to change dramatically, it would take. Yeah, to mass- go up another
0: ten percent now, it's tough to. No, I'm
1: so, I'm talking about a pullback. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm like it. it would take a, like just a massive unexpected thing for those rents to come back down because I know the people that are renting them out. There's there is incredible demand for you know a good a good place i mean some people don't take care of their place and there's less demand but for a good place price right it is you you can't hold a vacancy like it's tough Mm. there's so much demand right i guess the only
0: the only thing to satisfy that demand that we seem to see in the toronto core then would be supply are you seeing a lot of new
2: pro? like what what are you seeing for new projects coming up uh new construction wise yeah there's there's things sprouting everywhere and uh the reason being a healthy market A healthy market in the condo space uh has six months of supply available right now there's just two and a half months of supply so if there were no further listings uh to show up on the market everything that exists would dry up in two and a half months you're talking
1: sales or rentals sales just to be clear okay
0: yeah i got it yeah holy smokes man
2: yeah so builders are building their you know these towers are sprouting everywhere
0: but the demand continues to the sit there.
2: there. Yeah, there are people who are coming in. They want these high-paying jobs. You know, people from the, uh, uh, the Middle East, they're coming in. Uh, from China, they're coming in because Toronto, Toronto is becoming a tech hub, and there's a lot of really high-paying jobs available. So if they're going to be making two, three $300,000 a year, they, they don't care about paying 3300 in rent or even 4000 in rent. That's like pocket change to these guys.
0: So the investors who are buying some of these things now, they're buying just to hold these properties? Like how much cash flow are you buying? You? Are you making cash flow now? No, no one's, uh, if you buy. Because you have condo fees you got to think about yeah. and property tax and the whole yeah. bits. So you're buying just to get a piece of Toronto.
2: Right, definitely. Most condo owners who buy uh, like a, a new, like registered resale unit right now, they're in their negative cash flow, about $200, $300 a year, uh, a month, <laughs> Um, but they are they're willing to take in. that. Yeah, because they
0: they feel the equity is going to gain yeah. on them. What about areas of Toronto for developments? Do you like Do you like certain pockets of Toronto right
2: now? I personally, yeah, there are certain areas that I just love. Tell and, us your secrets. Uh, Reveal uh, all. <laughs> Where? Uh, okay, so the the waterfront is going to be great. Um, the uh, Ontario government is injecting thirty billion dollars to enhance the Toronto waterfront uh, right down by the uh, the lakeshore. Um, they got Google Smart City be, uh, that's going to establish a foothold in a little bit of the eastern side of the waterfront. Uh, we got Microsoft moving into 81 Bay Street. that's right on the corner of, uh, was it Bay and Lakeshore, right around there, uh, between Front and Bay sh- and, and Lakeshore. So these areas are what attract me. and let's not forget King West, where all these uh, large tech companies have uh, a big foothold. So King West is just growing five times faster than any, any other area in the Toronto neighborhoods. Um, so my favorite areas are definitely just around the core, King West, uh, the waterfront. And I've got my eyes on Leslieville right now because I've noticed that there's a, a huge uptick in Leslieville rents. Um, pretty surprising. I thought it would be around, you know, 1800 for a one-bedroom, but I think it's around 22 2250 for a one-bedroom in Leslieville. Which is just right, you know, on the other side of the DVP of Toronto, um, and new condo projects are still selling at a discount versus downtown Toronto. You can still get them for like nine hundred to less than a thousand a square foot if you if you dig around. That's
0: funny that we're talking about. Yes, you can still get them for right? less than a thousand dollars a square foot. Like that's like some kind of wow. That's a deal. Less than a thousand dollars a square foot. So for most stuff in the core of Toronto, you're over a thousand dollars a square
2: foot. Oh yeah, definitely, well over. Yeah, we're on I a, think the
1: average, the average just passed, right? At least Andrew Lafleur just posted something that I I saw. He said that the the I don't entire know what, Toronto what stat, average, yeah. I think I don't know what's exactly what's that, but it seemed like the the average of them all combined yeah. had officially passed a thousand bucks a square foot for the first time. This was just relatively recently.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and uh you think rent so rent's not a problem so demand still you know we're talking about tech jobs but let's face it also toronto and you you hinted on it toronto just gets a, a slew of immigration right you know some of it's for the tech jobs some of it for other reasons some of it are leaving other places to come here just because canada a great place to, to raise a family and that kind of thing yeah totally and you know it's not like we're building a lot, a lot of rental housing are you seeing any rental developments from builders we saw a few remember about a year a year and a half ago they started yeah. to build them and then they were like Forget it. Prices have gone up so much. We're converting that rental yeah, apartment into condos. And Do you remember, remember that period?
2: There's another side of that story uh, because of the rent control uh, mechanism that the city of Toronto put in place saying, okay, sure, you can build your uh, your new building, but you can't raise your rents more than 2% a year. These developers are not incentivized to keep these buildings. So a lot of them uh, decided to just liquidate their inventory. and said, no, we're not going to keep it as a rental. Uh, we'll just sell it as condo units. And the owners can do whatever they want. Another example of the government ruining everything. (laughs) Um,
0: But uh, And and then recently, weren't there some condos that went up for sale? What happened? And and they kind of gave everybody their money back? Didn't they want to redo their pricing or something like that? Didn't that happen like a year ago?
2: Yeah, like uh, earlier this year, uh, I think it was. uh, Well, they
0: didn't say they wanted to redo
1: their pricing. No, I know they didn't advertise
0: (laughs) it like that. But didn't they say, okay, yeah, we're not proceeding with this project. Everybody gets their deposits back. Yeah,
1: it was in Vaughan, right? It was in Vaughan someplace. Is that what happened?
0: And yes. then they came back on the market with new pricing? Or am I remembering this incorrectly? I don't, I don't know if that actually that
2: okay not come back yet. But I think it was a uh, uh, Liberty Developments. They they weren't too I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. There were so many uh, so much speculation and stories. Uh, they, they they had sold their two bedroom units for like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but you know, the values had jumped to like six hundred thousand and they, they didn't want to close. Um, and I don't wanna, you know, speculate on reasons or what really happened I heard so many stories what with you know, politics what was going on but they decided not to uh not to finish the building or even start the building and give everyone their money back uh and you know they still own the land they it. Do okay so they just with. didn't continue with that project
0: yeah. so it's interesting what you're seeing in uh one second there uh in in the core of toronto because recently you know we we all so so that everyone listening to this every monday at rockstar here we have like a a a team meeting um and sometimes we have more people than other times and we all get together at these team meetings we just share random stuff and over the last few weeks maybe two or three months rents all around the golden horseshoe seem to be going wacky whereas like for example we used to rent out houses in hamilton nick not too long ago the entire house would be 1600 bucks the entire house like i mean that's seven or eight years ago now but now we're renting in Hamilton you're renting out one floor of a house for $1,600 one floor and then you're renting the bottom the basement of the house for like $1,400 right. so now the one house that used to rent out for 1,600 as an investor you can actually rent it out if you're if it's zoned correctly and you do it as a proper legal second suite and stuff you can rent it out for 3,000 mm-hmm. so to, to you the investor rents have like almost doubled on, on that property it's it's rather ridiculous right? Like to think that that would happen. And then if you want the single family home that rented out for 1600 in Hamilton, you're paying like 1900 2000 In St. Catharines, Ontario, which is about the same distance uh, from Toronto as Barrie. So Toronto to Barrie and Toronto to St. Catharines, roughly the same distance. Um, in St. Catharines, we were seeing houses rent out rather aggressively just a few years ago for 1700 Now in St. Catharines, we're seeing $1,900, $2,000. Monty, do you remember, was it two weeks ago were you here? It was Nadim on our team who mentioned 2100. I forget if it was a rent to own or straight rent in St. Catharines. And it,
1: I know it was straight rent for was sure. Was it yeah. straight
0: rent? And anyone listening to this, I want to be careful. That's the high end. Like We're not saying that's the new norm in these areas. I just mean we never saw these prices three or four years ago. So it's not just Toronto. It's like what's happening in Toronto is spilling out on the east side in Durham North and Barrie, Kitchener-Cambridge-Waterloo, Hamilton, like all these rents all across the... We had a one investor... Well, it's still cheap compared to Toronto, right? It's still cheap, and one investor in St. Catharines, I believe rented out to somebody who... Their tenant works in Toronto.
2: From Saint Catharines, I
0: they they met, I just heard this. I, I wish I knew more of the details. That they work in Toronto, they rented out in Saint Catharines, and I imagine just because they wanted a house for their family. But we had another investor in Cambridge, Ontario, was renting out. I think a townhome or something um, for fourteen fifty. She had a vacancy within like one or two days. She got it rented out again at sixteen fifty. Like everywhere we look, just rents are kind of moving up. And to Nick's point, it's just because of what's happening in Toronto. As Toronto gets more expensive basically as these tech people that Montu that you're focusing on <laughs> drive up all the prices everyone else is kind of getting pushed around and it's just kind of driving up rents right around this golden horseshoe you know and it's an interesting time because as as incomes are rather stagnant like incomes aren't growing as fast as you know you mentioned rents going up property prices or condos going up like 10, 10 15 20% rents going up 10 or 15 or 20% yeah. unfortunately incomes aren't matching that so more and more of everyone's income is getting gobbled up by by shelter.
1: Hey Montu, are you seeing the because the rent controls like the new rent control for 2019 is 1.8 percent, right? So right. anyone that has a current lease, they can't you can't raise rents on them more than one, 9, uh, 1 point I think one point eight percent. So um, provided that you didn't do substantial renovations, you know improvements, yeah. all, all that those stuff. things, but yeah. but for the most part, you you can't raise rents one8 1, 1. percent because of that. And because new units have, you've seen rents jump. You know, if I rented a place two, three years ago, basically my my lease is kind of a it's a bargain right now. Are you seeing people stay in units longer because of that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Those who uh, who do have something good, I actually, we went through something very similar to this, uh, where the tenants had uh, they're paying nineteen hundred and fifty for a two bedroom on the corner of. Uh, uh, West Street, King West, and Blue Jays Way. You know, prime territory. Oh, wow. So
1: that's a steal. Yeah, it's 30, On today's it's, prices. Yeah,
2: it's 3,200 if you want to rent a two-bedroom there. And they they've they're locked in for 1950. And uh, the owners were were trying to get them out. And they you know they couldn't. They they, they threw everything at them. They they tried to bribe them uh, to you know give them some cash to, to break the lease. And I think the tenants knew how good they had it, right? So they they just dug their heels in and said no we we have no other where no place else to go we're stuck here we're we're not going to move uh, so guess how much the owners had to pay them off to get them out $5,000 that's what they eventually agreed upon tenants
1: see that sounds take. like a deal to me i was i was gonna say, like going to say i'd be willing to pay too. 10, yeah, ten grand because in a year <laughs> at 1000 bucks extra a month or 1200 yeah, you get yeah. your money back quick and
2: yeah. that's that's why they accepted the deal uh, the landlords finally said okay you know what uh, at least at least we get our place and we can raise the rent now
0: the tenants were happy too. Hey, give us 5000 clean cash. We're out of here. Right. Who knows, they might have wanted to leave anyway. Yeah, they they just ran out, out with $5000. Yeah. I mean, that's not too bad. <laughs> but uh yeah, crazy. You know what? Someone just today, Nick, you, so you uh I, I was meaning to tell you this. someone in Hamilton rented out the top floor of a house in which we usually see at 1600. Do you remember this month too? 1950 because they included the garage.
1: Wow. So they
0: included the garage. But that's the top floor only of a house,
1: plus the garage for 1950 So of a bungalow, three-bedroom bungalow? Of a
0: three-bedroom bungalow. So they got the top floor, the three bedrooms, the kitchen, the living room, mm-hmm. and the garage for $1,950. Whoa. So if the bottom rents out for $1,400, we are not talking, what's like 3500 $3, bucks roughly? $3,400, $3,500 for one single family home on straight rent? That's just insane to me.
2: Yeah, that is that is extremely And high.
0: this is where I just think that the renter gener. Unfortunately, we are in the middle of the the next generation being the renter generation. What uh, you were reading me some stats. Can you give us some numbers on uh, to- uh, Toronto townhomes and stuff oh, like yeah, that, they, or what, they, whatever else you have? Like you have a lot of stats in front of you, Montu. Yeah, let okay. us have it.
2: So normally, all the stats we get are just for apartments, uh, not for houses. But so they started recording uh, townhouse rent uh, rents that the people are getting for townhouses. So let me just jump forward here to the three bedroom townhouses in central Toronto. Like, you know, right now we're talking about the core uh, and they don't have a lot of data, but on average, uh, a three bedroom townhouse in Toronto, the core of Toronto rents for $4,800 a month.
0: So that's all group. We don't have a lot of data. It's all grouped together. Yeah. We don't know if these are the best townhomes in the world or what right. kind of townhomes they are. But forty eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah. I remember when my first mortgage payment was like I think twelve hundred bucks on my house. I thought, oh my god, how am I gonna ever afford to pay? Like, am I gonna go broke trying to pay this mortgage? Forty eight hundred in rent on a three bedroom townhome. What else you got in those pretty little pages there?
2: Uh, okay, we're we're looking. At, I was look also looking at Oakville because you know live in Oakville. I so thought, should I invest in Oakville? Can I rent out? Uh, a place in oakville we can rent out a three-bedroom townhouse for uh, about 23.74. that's the average 23
0: oakville. single 74. Yeah. I, i'm telling you not, it, it was it's under five years ago where we were renting out like a single family home in oakville is going to rent out at like 1700 1800 1900 2000 that kind of range,
1: yeah, older bungalows, yeah, not the, older not the newer places. There, no, well, the I mean, newer most places. people from Toronto. When you think of Oakville, they don't. Yeah, think yeah I'm not, the th- w- yeah, I'm not talking big of, mansion type properties. Well, not even. And stuff. I mean, because even like the the newly built three bedroom two story homes would rent for more than that. Agreed. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's going to be well,
1: easy now with the new TREB. I mean, for, with the new TREB ruling, everyone's going to be able to look up what their neighbors are renting for and what they paid to buy the property
0: yeah. very easily. Yeah. Have you guys are are some websites online? I guess around publishing that information right now. Not that I've seen, because they is. still have to be password protected. But I heard yeah. a whole bunch of realtors went and just released the information.
1: Well, password protected means that you just have to register. So if you register, like if someone registered on our site, like basically gave an email address, and like, we can release all the sold. They data. can log in there and get whatever they want. Yeah. So so there will be, other, but it doesn't come into effect. And by the time people are listening to this, it will be because it's Tuesday. Tuesday is officially when people can start doing it. Some people had been doing it earlier and they were told to shut down, but Tuesday is the day that the feed becomes live. Like Mm -hmm. TREB will be distributing the feed. So we're going to be setting something up for our members um, on the back end once we get a a good system, so probably in a month or two, but on the back end on the member site where they can log in and get all that stuff for TREB. And then I was at a meeting with other brokers from other boards and they were looking at, they're like, look, once this goes live with TREB, we're pretty much going to have to adopt the same policy because it was a competition bureau Bureau thing, so it should go much wider than just the Toronto Real Estate Board afterwards.
0: So everybody's going to get access to all data now, list so, price and sold Totally prices.
1: Sooner or later, yeah, like it's not going to be immediate, but over, I'd say in the next 12, I think it'll move really quick, and over the next 12 months, I'll, there's going to be a lot more available. Do you know I've if that includes
0: too. historical data? Like, is it going to just be the last sale price, or is it going to be like 10?
1: Last I saw is that that's still to be determined, like what kind of historical data, because they're, they're saying like, hey, some people that sold in the past. You know if someone sold a year ago they might not have wanted their shared now or whatever the case may be so there's some kind of you know things to iron out still okay. so I don't know but so we're close to the data. time
0: where just all real estate data is going to be basically public data
1: mm-hmm. a lot of it's what's weird is 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 it, it was to the government's point when this whole thing which always freaked me out I'm like look this is public data already you can go to the land registry office and you can pull title and see all that we used data. to do that years ago remember yeah. So you can, you can go do that. I'm like, why are they, you know, going to TREB and saying, release your feed? They have all the data. Why don't they just release their feed? (laughs) You know, so, but that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, a political thing. I'm not getting involved in that. When Nick and
0: I first took some real estate investment courses, you were taught like in the U S how you could go pull data to see if people are falling behind on mortgage payments and get, you know, a deal on a property. And the only thing we knew how to do in Canada was to go to the land, like you're saying, pull title and see like, oh my gosh, can we see what the first mortgage was on this property and stuff like that? So uh, we never really got far with that kind of strategy, but it was fun. We I think we had to pay five or six bucks or something. It was something yeah, it was and a small you fee. got it, and we felt like we were just getting the top secret information. Made us zero money, Monty. <laughs> but uh, okay, on these rentals, uh, I th- you said it briefly, but I want to be clear in in the core Toronto. How long to rate, uh, rent out? Nick was mentioning quick. Like, what are we seeing?
2: Oh yeah, um, okay. So we get uh, multiple offer situations for leases. Uh, typically, rented up in three to seven days. Um, and when you're working with, uh, with the MLS, where you have a cooperating uh, tenants agent yeah. who brings the tenant to you, he provides you the, uh, the tenant's credit rating, their credit report. He provides you a proof of their income and a, a full uh, profile, you know, tenant application. So there's not much digging for you to do. The, uh, the other agent does all the work for you. And we're seeing usually when you're leasing a place out, uh, you're going to get like three or four applicants, uh, you know, triple A quality tenants. And then you just have to pick the one that the, the landlord just picks the oh. one whose story they like best. Are, are, uh, so
0: in that environment, are people overbidding then on rent? And
2: they're not going crazy. Uh, okay, they, they are like just trying to put a it good, within the market okay. uh, range because everyone wants a deal. Um, but there are some who are just desperate and they'll say, you know what, we'll pay a hundred bucks over what you're asking Uh, because to them, it's just $1,200 a month. Yeah. uh, Or even if
0: you're not going to pay over what you're asking, if you have the ability to pay six months of advance, that's appealing to me, the the landlord or the investor. Yeah. Okay.
1: I had one of our tenants, one of our students who lived in a student property. Um, I I actually don't know when the name kind of rang a bell, but she told me she was one of the students. She's like, it's by chance. Is this number still yours? She texts me. And she was asking for a, a reference letter because she needed a second one for this particular landlord. She was trying to get a property in Toronto and she's like, I need it today because they're making the decision today. Like they, they want to make the decision now. And um, I said, I'm like, yeah, just, I I, I was like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll do it for you just because uh, we've had really good, I have no, with any of the tenants that we've had in our student properties, I have no problems giving almost all of them except for one group um, reference letters. They've all been great.
0: Which group won't you?
1: There was that one group up in Thirty West First. There was a disaster the one time. Remember how much stuff they left behind? Oh yeah, yeah. They left like. Was
0: then I was on vacation and you did all the work? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, was great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so they left so much. It was crazy how much stuff they left behind. The house was fine. It wasn't really damaged or anything. It was a little bit dirty, but I mean, they left so much stuff. But um, anyway, so I just told her to write it up for me. I'm Like, yeah, write it up, send it over to me, and I'll I'll make sure that uh, I'm okay with it. And. Um, uh, but yeah, it just shows like she's like yeah, I'm like you know if you need it right away, just you can text me. I'll re- she's like yeah, I need it right now. Like they, she, so she, she was packages. in a situation where, you know, I don't know if she needed that minute, but for that evening, she needed these things together yeah. for her rental application. And, like
0: I, that. and so these young people are moving into these condos. I guess some are having roommates to pay for this, like $3,300 a month. I don't care if you're making $120,000 a year. That's t- after tax. You're taking a chunk. Yeah. So they all have roommates or what percentage?
2: Uh, no idea on the percentage, but we are seeing a lot of people with roommates renting out two and three bedroom places. Yeah, no, and just, the landlords okay with that? I guess yeah. upon their approval, yeah, as, as long as they get their rent paid, landlords don't really care.
0: Okay, and then what? We haven't asked you about any Airbnb stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you are allowed to? What's the latest in Toronto? We're allowed to do Airbnb. They were going to do legislation.
2: Yeah, they were going to do the legislation, then they they put it off. Uh, they're not sure when they're going to be able to to set things in motion or even get their act together. Um, I think that it, a lot of it was political. That they thought. Housing prices were being affected by lack of supply uh, of, of, of units for sale or, or, and for rent because they're being used up for short term rentals. Uh, then I think they learned that that's not really the case, that there's something else causing prices to go up. You know, like our immigration is double what. Uh, yeah, what Toronto's popul-
0: uh, sorry, Ontario's population grew over 200,000 in one year, last year. Right. Over 200,000.
2: Yeah, that's twice as much as what they expected, which was 100,000, right? Um, so th- there's you know there's macroeconomic events happening that people aren't really focusing on like you know our GDP is is pretty stellar for uh, we're in like the top ten of um, all the countries in the world um, so yeah all this I- I- is this demand is uh, is causing the price squeeze not the short term rentals uh, okay so what's happening with the short term rental side is they're um, they they have not gotten their act together so they've they've put off the legislation indefinitely. Um, it might be coming down the road. So if anyone's thinking of, uh, you know, airbnb being in the Toronto uh, city parameters, uh, th- there's three or four um, notes that you have to be prepared for. Uh, one, you have to be the, it has to be your primary residence if you're going to be airbnb it. it. Uh, and this is what they're planning, by the way. This is not firm yet, but this is what they want to do. It's got to be a primary residence. Uh, you can only rent it out for 180 days of the calendar year. Um, your tenant, if you have a tenant in there, they are permitted to rent the place out uh, on a short-term basis via Airbnb, as long as they have your permission. Um, you have to self-register on a, uh, on a city website. Um, it only costs you $50 per unit that you, that you rent out. And um, it's gonna be compliance-based. So they don't really have a lot of uh, officers, municipal officers, out there to police 6,000 short-term rental units on Airbnb. So what they've done is they said, if you get a complaint, if anyone has an issue with what you're doing, then we're going to send someone in there to inspect your unit. Sure, like pretty much all the bylaw stuff. Yeah. Okay, but
0: now, right now, there's no bylaws. People. So, what can you do? You know what you can Airbnb a furnished two bedroom condo for in Toronto?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, If you're in the downtown core, just look at what the uh, hotels are charging. So, in the the core, hotels are charging three hundred fifty bucks a night, four hundred bucks a night. So what? uh, So yeah,
0: what's that a month?
2: Well, that's just the hotel. But yeah, okay, so the, what, what the renter you, can just undercut them. So the the price range we're seeing uh in the core is two twenty to two seventy a night. Um, two
0: twenty to two seventy a night. So what's two fifty times thirty? People are renting them out. That's seven thousand five hundred a month. Yeah.
2: And and just let's just say you don't get all thirty nights booked. Let's say you just get twenty five nights, which is Okay, but typical. then you have
0: to manage the property in and now people are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Typical is twenty
1: five nights. It's not like 12 you know like for weekends
2: no it's uh from my investors it's 25 to 29 nights 20 so, these are yeah.
0: executives who are coming in for a month or yeah. something like that, yeah, exactly. That's uh, $7,500 a month.
1: I gotta admit, it kind of sounds fun. Like, eh, I'm gonna go live in Toronto for a month, just yeah, you know, I'd just rather
0: rent, have a I'll condo. I'll
1: just rent a condo in like King West yeah, and yeah. just go to the bars and hang out, it'll be fun.
0: That's what people are doing. So, the investor's that's getting $7,500 uh, 30 days. I know you yeah. said the average is $25,29 yeah. or what you're seeing.
2: Let's just say but, seven grand uh, a month, uh, gross, right? Furnished and rental, the, furnished rental.
0: Then they hire somebody to come in afterwards and clean it all up. Clean it up. Clean on. the sheets for shit's <laughs> sake, uh, and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Spray a bunch of stuff all over the yeah. place. That's the only thing that freaks me out about yeah. people coming in and going all the time.
2: And the thing is, the Airbnb community has really cleaned up. Like they, if anyone's a bad guest, it gets known really quickly. Yeah, that ju- based person on don't the reviews. To, yeah, it, it's all review based. Yeah. Okay. And you're. But
1: seeing, can't they just register another account? Like, can I go have a party with twenty people? Not be. Th- I don't mean destroy but your ID. Place, but How I mean, is your ID
0: going to match your account? Yeah,
2: you, I, you have to have ID to to have an account. You got to give them your government ID. Because like when you check in, if is you that what I did?
1: I've rented Airbnb before. I guess I just forgot the registration process. I, I actually have. I put. I, I must have put my.
2: Yeah, you must have. Yeah. Put some or or when you ID. show up. Because we, we,
1: we went to Florida, we went to Disney. We rented someone's uh, someone's timeshare. Like it was awesome. Like where we stayed for the price we paid, it, it was, was awesome. Right. It was amazing. We stayed in this. Yeah. There was like six build. It was like a. It's a resort in itself. It was amazing for like half the cost of a Disney. So I mean, this so, so for
0: it. that much monthly rent. A lot of your investors are doing Airbnb.
2: Not a lot of them, but there is a, a portion of them who are who swear by it and They're don't want to do anything it. else. Yeah. Are they
0: hiring people to do the cleaning for them? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, you so don't they, they hire someone. Yourself. So people leave. They hire someone to go in, clean it, make it all spotless. Yep put out the little Purell bottles all right. over the place, <laughs> yeah. and uh, rent it out again. Yeah. And they can rent this out at, on average of 25 days. They can do repeat business, like 25 days, 25 days, 25 yeah. days, over and over again. They, there's no, high seasons and yeah. low seasons. In yeah.
2: February, in okay. who's coming
1: what, to Toronto? What are, in February, yeah, in what Toronto, are you seeing like minus this 25.
0: Is, this so. is interesting, man. This is a lot of money in rent. What yeah. are the high seasons?
2: Uh, it, the summer, June, July, August, uh, September. They, they Usually you, you book like 30 nights uh, the entire month. Low season, of course, is January, February.
0: Can they get anything then? Is it just vacancies on Airbnbs like no, that? No, or just the they're, prices they're, are lower.
2: Remember, there's business executives coming into the city to do business. To you know, people okay. Still have so instead rent.
0: of my seven thousand now in February, what am I getting?
2: Yeah, uh, you probably get about four thousand. Damn. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? No. What do you, what do you think? On average, that's Would you great. Take it? Yeah, no, I want like yeah. seven. No. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> take your got four. It.
1: Give me my
0: seven. Yeah, got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. It's funny because we're hearing Airbnb. I mean, and we're talking about this a little bit today. We're seeing Airbnb not just in Toronto. Mississauga. People are renting out basements. We're seeing it in yeah. Hamilton. We're seeing it in St. Catharines. We Nick, someone on the team here um, is rented out their Port Coburn rental on Airbnb in the summer. We're talking Port Coburn just off Lake Erie. For those of you who don't know where Port, Port Coburn is, I never thought we would be talking about it like this on Airbnb for $85 US a night. 85 US a night in Port Coburn, right? Look, if you don't know Port Coburn, that's not a big place. We're talking past Welland, St. Catharines, Welland kind of more towards Lake Erie there.
2: Is that. Is that a cottage? It's probably for a cottage, right? I
0: think she said it was like a cottage. I ah, forget it was what it something was. something like that. Yeah, 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 it's not yeah, a
2: yeah. primary home. Yeah. So uh, it's happening everywhere. Well, here's, here's how they uh, calculate uh, cottage rentals. I, I know this because I looked into it. I wanted to get a cottage myself until I learned how difficult and time-consuming a cottage is. Um, what you want to do is you want to pay all of your monthly costs within one week. So what does it cost you to, to pay the mortgage and your utilities and everything for your cottage for a month? Charge that in for one week, one weeks of renting it. And if you get anything in, in excess of a week, you know, that's your cash flow.
0: Yeah, that's the rules of thumb on a California. lot of the cottages
1: now. The more popular areas, my understanding is, you they like it's, it's basically a one-week rental or nothing. They won't yeah. rent, you know, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They'll they'll force it's you a, even if you only use it for three or four days, because I know people that have rented them and they're like, no, we had to pay for the whole week even though we're using it for the three or four days. They yeah. just because of the demand. These are probably in maybe hotter cottage country areas. I, I forget the exact areas, but that's that's the experiences I've heard. Yeah.
0: It'll be interesting to talk with you in another like two years from now, Montu, and see what happens in the Toronto market. Like with these Airbnb prices, when you have two bedroom condos renting out for $3,300, townhomes renting out for 4800 Remember, if prices just go up, three percent a year they double in 24 years if they if these rents go up six percent a year and I know because of rent controls they can't but when there's vacancies they can yeah because then the, the market can decide right we're talking about we could be talking about a doubling of rent prices in 12 years wow
2: if they go scary. no
0: because yeah. if they go up six percent a year on average yeah. in 12 years they double right I, I think I'm doing my math right I don't have to bring out the calculator I'm pretty sure that's right it so is so that's yeah. insane. And, and if the same thing happens in property prices, we're looking in the golden horseshoe. It's a crazy time here. And I just want to be very clear. When we mention comments like that, people will always be like, Tom, you never think the real estate market's going down. If you don't know our story, trust me, we know the real estate market can go down as well as go up. I'm just talking over long periods of time and on average, right? right. This is interesting times in the Toronto area. Um, anything else to share in Toronto, Montu, uh, that you wanted you know, to?
2: I, people always ask, what's a, what's a good investment? Like... You know, if I want to buy a condo in Toronto, what should I get? Should I get a one-bedroom? I I discourage one-bedroom acquisitions for investment because, let's say 500 square feet, that's just good enough for one person. If that one person loses their job, you're not going to get your rent paid. Uh, I always recommend a one-plus den or a two-bedroom. Reason being, you're you're going to attract a couple. So that's a two-income tenant. So if one of them loses their job or gets laid off or whatever, huh, no, that's different because a lot of people
0: advise will like say get the bachelors or get the smallest cheapest units, right? Yeah. So you're thinking a little differently. That, yeah, that's yeah. right, and okay. that's
2: from personal experience with tenants who, who haven't had an easy time paying the rent. Yeah. So yeah, now I just go for uh, two income uh, tenants, hmm. always works out. Um, get parking with whatever space you get. You, you definitely want a parking space.
1: Uh, and do you charge extra for that? Like when you lease out the, 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 the unit, do you say, here's the rent, whatever it is, is, 3,000 bucks a month, mm-hmm. plus this for parking, or do you include that with that typically? Uh,
2: it, I, do, I find out if they have a, a car, and then I just give it to them in like, it, it's included in the price. Okay. So if I say thirty-two hundred, that's that's your price. If the tenant doesn't have a car, then I say, do you mind if I just rent out the spot? And oh yeah, that's fine. And I can make an extra two to three hundred dollars just for a parking space in in downtown Toronto. Um, uh, new buildings have a higher turnover. Uh, so if you're looking to make an acquisition, uh, this is kind of a, a morbid, but uh, a lot of young couples get excited and they buy a, a, a new. New construction condo. And <laughs> then they break up. And then they break up. <laughs> and they yeah. sell it. And then they sell it. So a brand new building has not only does it have like investor turnover, people who are trying to like, you know, cash in on their gains, uh, but there's, there's people getting divorces that you can, uh, you know, sadly get advantage of.
1: Not taking advantage. You're helping them by getting them out of that yeah. situation. Because if I'm getting a divorce from someone, I don't want to be dealing with her. Let's every choose day. our words carefully, yeah. <laughs> Garamonte. We're not taking advantage a, of I, anyone. You're <laughs> helping them out. You know, <laughs> I want, want this guy. If this guy's going to buy it quickly, he's doing me a favor. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to talk to her
0: anymore. Get me out of this problem. <laughs> but, uh, okay, cool. What, what 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 other stuff? Is that it?
2: Uh, yeah, that's that. That's about it. Um, there's there's lots of opportunities out there, and uh, if anyone wants to dig deep. You know, there's there's lots of things to review. It's not just straightforward where can I do the best Airbnb? Sure. Uh, always, always have a backup like, plan.
0: Like, and, and it's like anything, you know, you need years of experience in understanding the areas of Toronto, what rents, what doesn't. Just like the, you, the fact that you picked up the, the two-income family or a person who rents is better than the one income, right? Yeah. All these things kind of take time to figure out. If anyone wants, you know, to, to reach out to you, hand out what's the URL, how can they find you? Uh, Montu. You're, you're not racing motorcycles around <laughs> Toronto anymore.
2: It's uh, montudillonrealestate.com, Dylan with an H,
0: yeah we'll link to it too here so that uh, on the show notes for this podcast on rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash we'll put it as montu can you spell out montu so i don't mess
2: it up yeah it's pretty simple straightforward m-o-n-t-u
0: so rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash montu we'll put the link to your website in there as well so if you want to reach out to montu for any condo prices and uh, strategies questions there you go
2: Cool. Right on. Montu,
0: thanks for doing this. I'm glad you didn't die on your motorcycle accident and, you and that me you've both. healed up. Are you are 100% healed up?
2: Yeah, I'd say I'm like 95% yeah. healed up. You like still feel I, it a little yeah, bit? like my, my golf swing isn't the same. Was uh, it ever good? You know, yeah, I like to think it was. Was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> cool, man. Thanks for doing this, Montu. We'll do it again my in a pleasure. little bit, see where things go. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Thanks, okay. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, so hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Nick and myself and Montu. Um, If you want more real estate information, you can check us out. You can get access to blog articles, videos, Um, audios and and podcast episodes like this, free copies of our digital book and different reports that we put out, all at rockstarinnercircle.com. So if you want information about real estate and you're not sure if it's right for you, you wanna check out more information, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com for all sorts of different resources that we've put together over a decade now on that website. Um, So you can check it out there. I think that's it for now. I'm off to uh, Munich for Oktoberfest. Um, but that shouldn't interrupt any of the podcast stuff. We'll have more podcasts coming out shortly and, uh, yeah, no more
2: announcements. So until next time, your life, your terms.